Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast is sponsored by fine people like Jeffrey Eberting. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Pie in the Sky, the Idol Race. What's that song all about? Pie in the Sky is the 11th track, 4th song on side 2 of the first Idol Race album, The Birthday Party, released in September 1968. In the number 6 1989 issue of Face the Music fanzine, Gil wrote, A change of style and mood occurs with the Dave Pritchard penned and sung number, Pie in the Sky. The song reveals its influence more obviously than Jeff's tunes, and seems to own a little to the move, the kinks, and of course, the Beatles. It is, however, a worthy effort with a strong melody and tight arrangement. In the July 13, 2012 issue of Record Collector, Nick James wrote, The flourishes that set the birthday party apart from the crowd were, for the most part, down to Lynn, though the band as a whole contributed ideas. This proliferation of songs, the fact he was the recognizable face of the band, and of course, the phenomenal success he went on to enjoy, has helped to propagate the myth that the idol race was Lynn's band. This, however, wasn't strictly the case. We weren't really seen as Jeff's band, Pritchard states. We were all contributing ideas, and it was very much a joint venture, on stage particularly. Jeff and I shared lead vocals, and both Greg and Roger took on some vocal duties. In the August 2019 liner notes for the CD re-release of Birthday Party, David Wells wrote, Apart from a brief snatch of Happy Birthday played on the cello, Pritchard's relatively straightforward Pie in the Sky was the only non-Lynn tune on the album. I didn't stop writing. I continued to contribute songs. It's just that Jeff's songs were different, and as a songwriter, he was a good deal more prolific. Dave would claim. This pie is a miracle. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And there's a line in this song that goes, pie in the sky, words that imply something stupid. And I'm wondering if I should have just called the podcast pie in the sky, because something stupid, which is a lot of what happens here, according Mm. to some people. Inane. Use words like inane if you're going to insult us, by the way. Inane, I like that, yeah. Inane, banal. Insipid, vapid, <laughs> dreck. Exactly. <Yeah>. Asinine. <laughs> All of those apply. But anyway, those do not apply to this song. No, they do not. When I first heard it, when it started out, I thought, oh, okay, I guess this is going to be all right. It's kind of dry, a little empty. But I think it like in the middle of the first verse or the second verse, things kick in. oh my god, this thing gets so freaking awesome. And then it keeps getting freaking awesomer because it just keeps building more and more to it. Until 
until at the end, there's there's everybody. Jeff Lynne's guitar solo is great. I like all the ba 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 bas and the other backing la-las and scatting and filler that's used in the fade-out. Roger Spencer is frickin' kicking ass on the drums. He's doing a great job with this. I, really, the whole band. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I haven't talked to Dave Pritchard or Greg Masters or Jeff Lynn or Roger Spencer, but... There are like a lot of the songs where, yeah, the band is involved, but I really pick up a heavy Jeff Lynne vibe. Like, Jeff is in control, you know, it's his song, here's how I want you guys to do it, if you can do that. I know they say that it was a group effort, and I believe them. Just like we believe it was with the yellow. Well, early on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but with the Jeff songs, it really sounds like he had a heavy hand in it, and the other guys were like, yeah, sure, we'll do that, that's fine. But this one, I feel like the whole band is involved. Like, everybody had a part, not just in playing the songs or singing ba-ba-ba-ba's at the end, but everybody contributed their skills and their talent to this song and didn't just, can you guys do it like this? Sure, okay. I feel like this is a full band effort, and it's full band great. I didn't have that dry feeling at the beginning. I was going... Did you try Vagisil? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Anyway. Back on track. I was expecting something different the whole time, simply because of the description on Jeff Lynne database, saying it's a Dave Pritchard song, and Dave Pritchard does Dave Pritchardness, and... Okay, well, what is Dave Pritchardness? Oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I quite liked it, because it starts off just normal, happy-go-lucky pop music, and then starts adding a whole bunch of different things to it. Jeff Lynne's guitar, and you have that keyboard in there that goes along with it. And it's another song that I think should have been a single off this album. Yeah, we had a little dip in the album with the last one, but now right back on track again here. And I quite enjoyed it, even the end part, which you know I've gotten kind of not liking some songs where they end with la-la-la or da-da-da-dee-da-da <laughs> and... This one, yeah, it works, because it works along with the rest of the song, so when they start going ra-la, la-da-la-la, ga-ga, ooh-la-la, oh no, that's a different song. I see some similarity to Beatles, but of course there's going to be similarity to Beatles everything this time period. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Maybe much a little is. bit of Abbey Road? I don't think so. Abbey Road came out the next year. Abbey Road was out yet? No, not for another year. <laughs> or maybe White Album? I don't know. Mm. I'm thinking of production-wise and throwing in that keyboard because it sounds what would have been more modern at the time than some of the older singles that were included on there. And that's probably the only thing I have to say about the album is because they try to combine some of their original singles with this, it kind of sounds like it's straddling two different years because it is. Yeah, it is. And yeah, yeah I guess it does. I think actually more with this, maybe I'm thinking more Love is Only Sleeping. She looked at me 
by the monkeys where they yeah. started adding in a little bit of keyboard there even though idle race is a lot more creative with it rather than just turning the dial and making some noises <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was kind of going back and forth should this have been a single or if released as a single as a b-side obviously i thought it was really good but would it have been a hit that's my thinking because I think some of the other songs that we went on about that should have been released as singles, I think those would have been hits, at least definitely yeah. in England. But this one, I was kind of like, I, maybe, or maybe, I don't I don't know, maybe one of those album tracks that gets lots of airplays. Yeah, I still think that they deserved a lot more than they got. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, even Mrs. Ward, which is a bit of a dip on the album, I still like. We've only got one song left. Well, there's two songs on the album, but we already covered the last song. And this is so much better than the Move album. Yeah. The Move got so much attention, and they were all over the place. And the Idol Race put out a much better album with much better, catchier songs. No covers that sounded exactly like the song that they were covering in the original version or in some other interpretation that somebody else did. I'm thinking Zing with the Strings of My Heart. Everything was original. Everything was great. And yet... Complaint I had before. Only the deep Jeff Lynn fans are going to know about the Idol Race. But hopefully we've brought attention to it with our podcast. And now maybe, since streaming figures heavily into what makes the charts, people will start flooding their, their streaming services with all kinds of Idol Race listens. And maybe Skeleton in the Roundabout will finally be number one in America for 97 weeks. It'll beat Elvis. <laughs> Yeah, I think the move benefited from a number of good singles. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. And promotion. Oh, yeah, promotion. And controversy. Yes. But I think what ended up carrying the move on later is, album-wise, that completely changed. Yes. And they started producing original album stuff that was heads above what a lot of other people were doing even if it didn't get a lot of notice on this side of the pond yeah and idol race took forever to get a second album out um about two years i don't think so because jeff yeah. lynn was in the move by 1970 i th okay think the next idol race album came out the next year i've never heard the second idol race album the only one i've heard is birthday party i have a vague idea of some of the songs that are coming up for the next album but i don't know anything about the second album and we'll all find out when we get to it, which won't take long to get to, because after next week, we get two move songs. It's a single, an A and B side. And then the rest of the season, until the last episode of the season in May, it's all Idol Race. So it's not going to take long for us to get to the second Idol Race album. Oh, okay. Something to look forward to. I hope so. I hope it's not one of those things where the first album was great, and then the second album is, eh, this is not bad, it's... Not great, but it's okay. That's what I've kind of heard about it, is it's okay. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Those of you who listened to our asinine, banal, inane podcast, you got something to look forward to. <laughs> if you wanted to improve, more Filthy Lucre would be great. Filthy Lucre? Otherwise known as money. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, if only there was a way that people could give us money. Enjoy the podcast? Then let us know with the universal expression of love, cash. 
You get swell extras when you subscribe at patreon.com slash ELOPod. For $1, $2, or $3 a show, you get expanded episodes that include more conversation, discussion about remakes, full lyrics reading, ELO origin stories, and other goodies you can only hear in the expanded episodes through a Patreon subscription. Help a poor man build a pretty dream. And And give give us lots of money at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Got something to say about Pie in the Sky? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Obviously, we all love the Electric Light Orchestra. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to the podcast, and I wouldn't have been doing it for six years, pulling in around $16 to $20 a month. But with over 200 songs in their catalog, not everything can be gold. So... What ELO songs can ELO fans not stand? We find out in the randomly reoccurring segment, Fault Line. Kitty said, Down Hometown. Seriously, what was Jeff thinking? It's beyond hokey, far, far below his standards. It's just bad. Leave the small town BS to John Mellencamp. Feast the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast Channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOPod or PayPal using the podcast's email address. Or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, the lady who said she could fly. 